Margaret Preston, president of Power Over Parkinson's. And today, in conjunction with our pop profile, we have uh, Brett Miller, owner of 110 Fitness, certified uh, and licensed physical therapist. Um, Brett, thank you so much for being with us today. Yes, thank you. Honored and humbled and very excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we're excited to share everything you're doing in the PD community. So if you're ready, let's get started. Absolutely. And so as I noted, you're a physical therapist by trade. Tell us um, what led you down this path of working in the neurological space. Sure. Um, interestingly enough, uh, prior to really diving in and getting focused on neurology, I had been practicing for 20 years and had worked in multiple different settings. And at the time uh, that the transition occurred, I was um, actually building wheelchairs, custom seating systems and braces but I was always involved in the fitness world. And so I was doing physical therapy in people's homes uh, privately mm -hmm. uh, with people with Parkinson's disease, ironically. And the fun part of the story is that I was also working in professional boxing at the time. I was cornering and I was a licensed second um, in the state of Massachusetts and was training um, world champions mm -hmm. in the boxing arena. And when I found out that boxing was you know, researched and proven to help mitigate the symptoms of Parkinson's disease. It was kind of like the best of both worlds for me. Yeah. I was already using boxing in people's homes, but unbeknownst to the research. So that's really what brought me to this. And then of course, you know, the boxing is just kind of an inth of this project and then it just expanded. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell us, um, walk us through the progression of how you founded 110 Fitness and its ultimate mission and how it serves the community today. Sure. So I was asked by about four people to start a program after uh, someone had seen the Leslie Stahl special on 60 Minutes many years ago. And so I started a very small uh, boxing program in a town here in the South Shore of Massachusetts. And I had two people show up for my first boxing class. Yep. And in about a, about a month, we had about 40 people in our class. And uh, the eye opener for me at that point was knowing that I had all these people that were looking to me for guidance, but the, the big thing was seeing all the caregivers in the back who are sort of having a pseudo support group meeting. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. the need clearly was much more than, than what yeah. we were giving them at that time. And so I actually uh, became a silent partner in my business and serendipitously through someone who I was coaching in boxing, found the space that I'm currently in. Mm -hmm. And at 110 Fitness was uh, opened about five years ago. Okay. And, um, you know, we just expanded our program from there. And our mission here is to leave no one behind mm -hmm. and to bring people back to life. And mm -hmm. we continue that. Um, a lot of it has to do with my military background, but yeah. uh, that is our primary focus here. Yeah, that's fantastic. It, 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 I love that you kind of saw the need and filled that gap in addition to the physical exercise gap, but also just the support camaraderie. They just folks need a nice place to go to talk in addition to working out. So um, I think it's great. Uh, so I have to talk about the pandemic, of course, but but you've seen so much success through the pandemic. Um, you started a YouTube channel during the last couple of years, pretty organically launched an app as a result of the success um, with the YouTube channel. Walk us through the 110 Fitness app, what it offers and how folks can get it. Sure. So as soon as the pandemic hit, as most people know in the world, we were closed. Um, our facility was closed. And immediately we knew we had to be very swift uh, with our actions because 
anybody out there with Parkinson's disease that's listening, you know, clearly this, the mental warfare of the day-to-day Parkinson's disease is something that we all know cannot be fought alone and should not be fought alone. Mm -hmm. And as soon as people were isolated to their homes, we started seeing a very, very strong decline, not only cognitively, but in physically, physically with people that we were speaking to. And so within probably two weeks of us shutting down, I started making videos in all uh, research evidence-based Parkinson's wellness. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, after the, uh, the pandemic sort of started slowing down, I had already made about 150 videos on YouTube that we offered free to the entire world. We had people in Chile following us, Greece, Australia. And so for me, the table started turning and I was thinking this might be something sort of of the future that might work because there's so many people that don't have the resources that we're so blessed to have here at 110 Fitness. There's people in the nook and crannies of the world Mm -hmm. that don't have access to movement disorder specialists. And so we really wanted to focus on touching those people and, and, Mm -hmm. and pulling them out of the woodwork, if you will, and getting them involved in our community even if it was virtually. And so at that point, uh, I was very lucky. I have a friend who is an engineer who knew somebody who owned a business that developed apps. They had never, ever done an app that had to do with healthcare or fitness. And so I met with them and they were just completely touched by what we did and our story. And they helped me build the 110 Fitness app, which is now followed by hundreds of people all over the world. Mm -hmm. And it is 19 categories. Okay. So it, it has anything from power moves to boxing to uh, voice work, um, singing, um, Parkinson's art of expression, rowing, cycling, spin poi, tai chi, yoga. And then the other thing that we do is we have an educational series. And we're very lucky here at 110 Fitness. Every Tuesday, we have a guest speaker typically, and we record those guest speakers. And it could be something that has to do with Parkinson's, or sometimes we step out of the box. And we do something that might be just very interesting to this yeah. generation or something. Yeah. And so all of those things get uploaded to our app mm-hmm. and uh, it's, uh, it's very affordable and um, people love it. You know, we're yeah. at probably 300 videos at this point uh, in our app. So, well, I wanted to elaborate something you touched on that um, I think will certainly resonate to our community and those with Parkinson's disease. You've addressed not only the physical exercise component within the app, but tell us how the app supports the non-motor symptoms. You touched on voice, but talk to us a little bit about potentially the cognitive work that is offered through the app and uh, kind of that, that brain health and brain exercise. Yeah, this is a great question. We're currently working on a new category that's going to be uh, what we're going to call the brain gym. Um, And so it's going to be very isolated to just plastic work for the brain. But during our videos, we incorporate all kinds of other multitasking things that obviously tax the brain while you're physically working. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also some of the things in uh, like spin poi, if you're familiar with that, is something that requires a lot of coordination, but a lot of cognitive brain training and processing in order to follow Mm -hmm. the, the guidance of the movement patterns. Um, as well as some of the other categories. So we, you know, we're very research evidence-based like we talked uh, prior. And so we sort of influx all that into the physicality of the videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's great because as we know, it's not just what we see from a physical standpoint, but there's so many things that are non-motor kind of hidden symptoms of Parkinson's. So I like the fact that the app is so comprehensive and touches on those non-motor uh, symptoms, which are just as difficult to manage. Yeah, you know, one of the neat ones, it's some a lot of the people have heard of uh, 
the uh, Parkinson's art of expression or what they call parte, mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of making its, its entrance into the United States and, and mm-hmm. with great success, uh, thanks to Stephanie. But, um, you know, all these people with flat affect and hypomimia, you know, and then taking mm-hmm. them and asking them to actually act something out yeah. with expression and emotion and sensation um, really draws a lot of that stuff out. And so it's, it was so nice to be able to, to offer that in the app. So Yeah, and I think about... Um, the results as they impact the care partner, right? So all of a sudden you're bringing the light back potentially expression back into their loved one's faces and world. So I just think about the ripple effect that the app can have. So I think it's wonderful. So I'm going to keep elaborating on your credentials with my next question. Um, You're the ambassador, ambassador for the Michael J. Fox Foundation, Davis Finney Foundation, your PWR moves um, certified, uh, the wonderful folks from PWR. Uh, and you also serve the PD community on a daily basis while coaching, of course, at 110 Fitness. So with wearing so many hats um, and being such an impactful member of the community, how do you keep your energy, optimism, enthusiasm in serving this sometimes difficult community in that there's the inevitable decline? So tell us how you kind of just keep that zest for serving the community. Sure. That's a, a lot of a question. Uh, I will also, <laughs> you wait. I will also, you you ser- you serve in so many areas. I know it was a long-winded question, but I had to throw yes. out everything that you're doing within the community. Yes, and I want to add something because it just happened uh, recently. I'm now the chair of the Massachusetts Registry for Parkinson's Disease, and that right. was something that took a lot of work by many people. Uh, including some folks with Parkinson's who had some um, connections in, on a state level. Mm-hmm. But we're tr- really trying to drive that home from a research perspective. Yeah. So that is just, uh, we just got that off the ground and had our first meeting. So that's very exciting. That's and if you're out there and you are involved, um, talk to your state reps about getting involved and setting up a registry. Currently, there's only three registries in the United States. Mm-hmm. And that's um, that's not good from a research standpoint. No, yeah, yeah. But uh, so where do I get my zest? Very interesting. Uh, You know, we have spoken before, Margaret, and I did just release a book about a year ago talking about uh, my life. And uh, it's a memoir about my life, but it really talks about how I'm dedicating the rest of my life to service of others based on the events that have occurred in my life. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I do, you know, we worship execution here. Mm -hmm. And so I practice everything that I preach. Mm -hmm. And so I get up early. I meditate. If I have time, I journal Mm -hmm. and then I exercise, I eat clean, I drink a ton of water, I take care of my body. And then where I get most of my inspiration is from the people that come to the doors of 110 Fitness. Mm -hmm. And all the things that I do to care for my body, I teach our folks who come through our doors here at 110 Fitness. And 110 Fitness, even though we are a, a giant Parkinson's wellness center, a lot is dedicated here to personal growth Mm-hmm. and being of service to others once we are able to focus and care for ourselves. And I think that when you are able to be of service to others and you've walked out of the fire and now you've got your buckets of water and you're mm-hmm. helping someone else out, mm-hmm. that the zest for life comes naturally because of what you're doing. Yeah. And so these folks drive me. They're, they're the reason behind my motivation for sure. Yeah, that's fantastic. I, I, I feel like what you said resonated in the kind of put your oxygen mask on first and then help others. And you're doing exactly that. You're Mm -hmm. taking care of yourself so that you can be an impactful member to these people with Parkinson's. So um, that's awesome. 
So, you know, for the people who may not have started an exercise regimen or who, you know, we all know people who are exercise averse, um, especially it being that much more difficult having Parkinson's disease. Why exercise? Share with our listeners um, why meaningful research-based movement and exercise is so important and imperative to people with PD. Yeah. Well, we all know that exercise is clearly good for everyone, regardless, correct? Mm -hmm. Um, But with Parkinson's disease and, you know, for anybody that's out there that's read the research, um, you know, clearly we know that with specifically high intensity interval training Mm -hmm. that we can have a neuroprotective response to our dopamine cells. Mm -hmm. And, you know, once you're diagnosed with Parkinson's disease, typically you've had a loss of 30 to 50 percent of your dopamine. And they're like a set of teeth. You can't make more and you have what you have. And so, you know, doing high intensity interval training, it really helps sort of neurologically protect the cell structure. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. The other thing is we know, and everybody talks about it now, the big word of neuroplasticity. We know how smart our brains are and that with, uh, you know, intense um, exercise and asking your body to do something over and over again that your body will eventually and your brain will eventually find a pathway mm-hmm. to then execute that. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that goes with, you know, that's big, um, I'll just touch on it is uh, the release of uh, BDNF, which is a neurotropic factor that's released in the spinal column when you have uh, high intensity exercise, which is very good for memory, cognition, brain training, processing. You know, those are the big things that we talk about with exercise when we look at the research. But the key thing there is that the exercise has to be done early and often, mm-hmm. and it has to be uh, laid out in a platform that is done correctly, executed by professionals in their in their industries. Right, right. So similarly, uh, for the folks who are just getting started, maybe they were newly diagnosed or they've been diagnosed, but finally getting into a regimen, what recommendations would you give folks who are just uh, getting started on exercise regimen? Where to go? Yeah what to think about considerations, et cetera. Yeah, this is a great question. And I I receive this often again, you know, not everybody lives in Massachusetts and can come to our facility. And I just wrote a blog. uh, I just wrote a blog for the Davis Finney foundation talking about what to do when you're first diagnosed from the exercise perspective. And one of the things that we know, when we look at the research, I'm just going to touch on that. I keep going back to data and research is that if you start to get involved, um, you heard me say early and often, the sooner you're, involved with exercise and camaraderie and community, your chances of living a beautiful life with Parkinson's are drastically increased Mm -hmm. and vice versa. You know, if you're not getting involved, you're maybe isolating and you're not getting out of your house or you think that there's, you know, you're too far gone, if you will, the numbers drop off quickly. And Mm -hmm. um, it's very scary when we look at that research. And so the first thing that I always tell people is they need to connect with a movement disorder specialist. And what I mean by connect, they need to find somebody who they can feel comfortable being transparent about what they're experiencing, but also finding a movement disorder specialist that is also open about other options outside of just medication, right? You want somebody they can speak to, look at the whole picture. You want this 360 degree global support system from your movement disorder team. Then you need to find a very strong community or a very, uh, you know, I call them industry experts, people who are licensed professionals carrying out research-based evidence programs for Parkinson's wellness. Mm -hmm. And that is hard to find. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to do a little research on your own. Sometimes you reach out to Michael J. Fox Foundation. Sometimes you reach out to Davis Finney and you say, hey, listen, I live in Arkansas. I was just diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. 
do you know of a credentialed wellness center that's carrying out programming? And so once you lock that in, mm -hmm. you're golden. Yeah. The, the hard part about that though, and, and everybody knows it and we all talk about it, is the initial steps of crossing the thresholds and getting into that space. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. once you find it, you should hold on to it. Yeah. And not let go. Because um, yeah. it's critical. It's critical yeah. for your for your family, for your own personal growth. But also, again, like I talk about, like you can live a very nice life with Parkinson's disease mm -hmm. you know, if you dedicate yourself to the discipline of the research. So. Yeah. Well, it sounds like uh, you you're also communicating. Don't be scared if there's a failure along the way. So exercise might be a little bit like throwing spaghetti. If you try something that doesn't fit, try something mm -hmm. else. There's various types of forms of exercise, as we know. So don't get discouraged. Kind of find what works for you. Mm -hmm. Correct. Awesome. Awesome. So let's say uh, folks are doing, they've got a wonderful workout regimen. They found that kind of sweet sauce, um, if you will. Um, tell us about, inevitably, there's off days. So talk to us, what's your prescription for handling the off days? You know, there's, there's schools of thoughts, right? It's a bad day. I'm just going to be sedentary and that's that. Um, should people with PD give themselves that day off or should they kind of just push through, get out, see their community, do their exercise, ideally feel better afterwards? What's, what's your school of thought in terms of handling those just inevitable bad days? Yeah, and they are inevitable. You know, again, this is, you know, all these folks are snowflakes and they sometimes never know what they're going to get when they wake up in the morning. And so, you know, one of the things I already told you that, you know, we worship execution here. And so, you know, getting up and, and being a part of this community is critical for, for their survival, literally. Mm -hmm. But something else that we talk about at 110 Fitness, and I don't mean to be uh, religious or biblical in any fashion, but we use the quote that too much is given, much is required. Mm -hmm. And uh, we talk about how we, um, again, 110 Fitness is very, very based on personal growth as an individual on top of caring for your Parkinson's disease. And so mm -hmm. we spend time with our folks saying, you've been given this facility and all of these resources mm -hmm. to connect and navigate your Parkinson's disease. And so the world is then requiring you to be of service to others. And mm -hmm. part of that is getting up and being a part of this community. And so we we're here all the time, but we also talk about Sunday as being a family day. So mm -hmm. we actually, we are, we are not open at 110 Fitness. And that is a day for anybody that comes to our facility to be with their family, go out for a walk, maybe enjoy nature, or do something that's um, not high intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. Your body needs rest, certainly. Yeah. And we preach a lot of rest for people with Parkinson's. We work hard play hard, but we also rest well. Mm -hmm. um, unless it's a medical issue where you're having a problem that puts you at risk. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you know, we want you to get here. And I can't tell you and, and everybody out there that's listening, you'll hear this a hundred times. They're like, I feel so much better. I'm so glad I came. Yeah. You hear it all the time. Yeah. Right. And, mm -hmm. and even for myself, I don't have Parkinson's disease, but I know on those days where I'm like, I want to hit the snooze button, you know, mm -hmm. I'm fatigued, I'm tired, but I get out there and I'm active and all those things start to generate, like, I feel so much better. Right? Yes. So. Yeah. I was going to say that's certainly true for folks who don't have Parkinson's. It's just a, a part of life. You kind of feel better once you pushed yourself out there and, and done the work. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it also, you touched on almost having that perspective, um, kind of changing your mindset of, I do have that facility. I have that safe space at 110 Fitness, or maybe it's another place in my, in my um, location that if I, if I kind of change my perspective and realize 
I'm fortunate to have this space uh, mm-hmm. to live well with Parkinson's. You flip that mm-hmm. switch and all of a sudden you've got a better outlook. So uh, thank you for sharing that. Of course. Yeah. Uh, Brett, tell me, what are you most optimistic about regarding the outlook for people with PDA, whether it be in the research space, therapeutical options, emerging therapeuticals? What, what, what are you most optimistic about? Well, there's a lot. Um, yeah, I, sure a lot. I am a, a very active participant in the research roundtables for the Michael J. Fox Foundation and spending time with people who are actually doing the research. And so I'll talk about um, I'll talk about a cure first. So from the cure side of the fence, things are emerging at incredible rates with technology and things that we're able to do for Parkinson's. And there is a lot of hope to be had for anyone that's out there right now. You know, as you know, and, and you've read, you know, a lot of the research is really starting to deeply dive into genetics. And so uh, we're looking at genetic editing and CRISPR techniques and things of that nature that are extremely hopeful for people with Parkinson's and also for people who may be carriers of some of the genetic components that we know that live in the gut um, without getting into detail. So very exciting from a scientific research perspective. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's a great time to have Parkinson's disease literally at at this point. From a therapeutic standpoint, I do research for people who invent things uh, and different pieces of equipment all over the world, and I consult for them. And there is a lot of new technology and equipment that's coming out that I separate day-to-day and cure. So I talk about the cure, but now from a therapeutic perspective, I look at some of the new equipment that's out and the use of technology to facilitate exercise also is Mm -hmm. very exciting. A lot of equipment here that utilizes technology where I can measure data and having all of that stuff and using it to transition functionally for our folks with Parkinson's, there's a lot of very exciting equipment that's able to be used. And there's a lot of new research that's coming out of the exercise arena, if you will. And that's very hopeful for the day-to-day, you know, I call it mental warfare because it really is the day-to-day mental warfare that these yeah. folks uh, deal with. So, yeah. No, I think uh, kind of separating the buckets are, makes sense. And it's, it's easier for folks to understand what can I, what's coming day to day to help me, but what can mm-hmm. I also kind of have my eye on in terms of the cure? So it's a great way to look at it. Um, Brett, as we summarize, where can our listeners find more, find out more about you and 110 Fitness and the app and all that good stuff? Sure. Well, the app is on uh, Google Play or on your uh, app store on Apple. You can just go on to those and it's 110 Fitness mm-hmm. and it will pop right up for you. Um, in regards to our facility, we're at 110fitness.org mm-hmm. um, and people can certainly email me. It's B as in Brett Miller at 110fitness.org. Okay. And, uh, you know, we're always open to people reaching out to us. Um, I do virtual consults all the time for people all over the country and actually all over the world. Um, and some people just want to talk to me and just get resources. And that's part of my giving back as an ambassador to the Davis Finney and the Michael J. Fox Foundation is saying, hey, listen, I live in Sacramento. You know, do you know anybody? And, and using sort of the resources that I have to help people get where they need to be. Yeah, that's great. I think I learned something from that aspect that um, folks can potentially Zoom with you and leverage your expertise, even though they're not in your locale. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and I will uh, also provide all that information at the conclusion of the interview too. So it'll be in written form and folks can access uh, what you noted as well. So Thank Brett, you. it was my pleasure speaking with you today. Thank you for sharing your yeah. time with our Pop Profile series. Thank you for your time.